Hello and welcome to the second instalment in our Japan Medical Devices Law podcast series. I'm Chris Hodgins and I'm a member of Baker McKenzie Tokyo's Healthcare and Life Sciences Industry Group. Japan is widely regarded as the number two market for medical devices in the world after the United States, and it is very much a growth market. We have put this podcast series together to give our colleagues, our clients, and anyone else interested in or contemplating investing or operating in the Japan medical devices industry, whether by way of M&A, post-merger integration, licensing, or any other approach, an introduction to, and some insight into key legal and substantive aspects of the market. We hope that this series will be helpful to those not familiar with how the Japan medical devices market operates. This includes how it is regulated, and we hope that this will help those unfamiliar with the market navigate the learning curve more quickly and efficiently. In this second podcast, my colleagues, Ryosuke Tateishi, Wabi Tanaka, and I, will focus on some of the unique features and industry practices prevailing in the medical devices market in Japan. This includes reimbursement and other regulatory issues, commercialization and distribution and marketing issues. But first, let me ask my colleagues Ryosuke Tateishi and Wabi Tanaka to introduce themselves. Hello. Uh, I am Ryosuke Tateishi. I am also a member of Baker McKenzie Tokyo's Healthcare and Life Science Industry Group. It is very great for me to have a chance to talk about futures of Japanese medical device industry. Thank you. Uh, hello, I'm Wabi Tanaka. Uh, I'm an associate in Baker Tokyo. I belong to the dispute and resolution team uh, and often involved in the matters relating to the healthcare industry. Uh, it's my great honor to join in this podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Ryosuke and, and Wabi. Ryosuke, first of all, can you please give us a snapshot of the medical devices market in Japan? How it is currently performing and where is it headed? Sure. Sales of medical devices products in Japan were approximately 39 billion US dollars in 2019. The Japanese market accounts for around 8% of the global medical device market, which in 2019 was 4.5 trillion US dollars. And this means Japan is the second largest market in the world following the US. As you mentioned, the medical device market in Japan is a growth market, and 2019 sales revenue increased 42% from the previous year. The majority of the medical devices used in the Japanese healthcare system are imported from other markets. While future pricing is difficult to predict, generally speaking, the current growth trajectory is expected to continue due to rapid growth in the aged population in Japan and a strong demand for high-quality medical care. Thanks, Yosuke. Can you give us an example of one of the distinguishing features of the Japanese healthcare system? 
Sure. One of the distinguishing, distinguishing features of the healthcare system in Japan is that it has a universal health insurance scheme. All Japanese citizens and residents must be enrolled in national health insurance and pay a medical insurance levy. This public health insurance system covers expenses incurred by insured patients, including the cost of medical devices used in treatment. Generally, the system covers 70 to 80 percent of the cost with patients, bearing a co-payment balance of around 20 to 30 percent. Under this national health insurance system, Japanese citizens, Japanese citizens and residents enrolled in the national scheme are able to receive high-quality medical services at low cost, and the scheme is considered to be a contributing factor in the relatively long average lifespan of the Japanese population. I understand that Japan's universal health insurance system has important implications for medical devices' corporate strategies, particularly in respect of starting business in Japan. And I look forward to hearing more about the topic later in this podcast. First, however, could I please ask you, Ryosuke, to share another key feature uh, of the Japanese medical devices industry? Sure, Chris. Another unique feature is Japan's supply chain system. In Japan, medical devices are very frequently supplied to hospitals through distributors, often called dealers. In reality, direct sale by medical device manufacturers to hospitals occurs in only very limited cases, including where large and expensive equipment like an MRI is sold to hospitals. I understand that the widespread use of indirect sales is a very unique feature which does not exist in other markets, including the US and Europe. In fact, there are more than 1,000 distributors which supply medical devices to hospitals in Japan. Some distributors are major companies having nationwide distribution networks. However, there are a lot of mid to small size distributors which focus on distribution in a very limited area. Also, in some cases, a dealer may sell the devices to a sub-distributor which eventually sells the device to the hospitals. I believe this multi-layered distribution system is quite unique. So distributors are important players in medical device distribution in Japan. Can you elaborate a little on the role played by distributors in the medical devices market? Yes. Historically, distributors have been a common feature of Japanese supply chains, not only in the medical device industry, but also in other industries like food and consumer goods. One of the reasons is that distributors are expected to help manage supply and demand. Hospitals want medical devices to be delivered frequently and quickly, and do not want to carry large inventory. In fact, more than 600,000 medical devices are sold in Japan, and hospitals cannot hold a complete inventory of such wide range of products. On the other hand, medical device manufacturers 
want sales volume, but they want they also want to focus on research and development and do not to have to deal with or manage myriad individual small lot deliveries. So what distributors do is act as a bridge between the two by holding inventory of a wide range of product and operating distribution network, which enables timely delivery of products to hospitals all over Japan. It is quite common for distributors to enter into consignment arrangements with hospitals under FH. The distributors place a stock of products inside hospitals beforehand, and the title to the products passes from the distributor to the hospitals when the doctors actually use the stocked products. Also, to respond to medical developments and requirements, medical devices are updated and improved very frequently, and a lot of new devices are launched every year. It is not easy for healthcare professionals to keep up with the latest technologies and understand how to use each new devices in their particular field. So medical device distributors in Japan are expected to provide a wide range of technical support for healthcare professionals in collaboration with medical device manufacturers. For example, distributors representative provide on-site support inside hospitals to respond to any questions or requests raised by healthcare professionals during patient examinations or surgery. Distributors, together with manufacturers, play an important role in ensuring appropriate and safe use of medical devices, which contributes to high-quality medical services available in Japan. Thank you, Ryosuke. I think what you just shared highlights the importance of understanding the distribution system for any medical device company planning to enter the Japan market and set up a supply chain here. Does the distribution system in Japan give rise to any special legal issues? Yes. Due to the multi-layered nature of the supply network, medical device companies need to find reliable distributors and enter into relevant contracts with them. Careful consideration is required with respect to, with respect to the terms of the distributorship agreement as the performance of the distributors is one of the key factors for building a successful business in Japan. The contract should clearly define the roles and responsibilities of the distributors, especially when entering into an exclusive distributorship agreement. Medical device companies should carefully consider terms concerning the performance of the distributors, including those pertaining to sales targets or minimum purchase requirements, and termination, secure the ability to switch the distributors if distributors' performance is not satisfactory. In addition, if there are any consignment arrangements for the consignment arrangements for the products, the agreement should include specific terms addressing the treatment of the inventory. Thank you for introducing a couple of the distinguishing features of the medical devices market in Japan. I would now like to explore the regulatory framework in Japan. Wabi, turning to you now, can you give us an overview of how the medical devices approval system works in Japan? Uh, Thank you, Chris. 
Well, I think the process is basically similar to that adopted in other major medical devices markets. A company、uh, wanting to sell a medical device in Japan must obtain、uh, marketing approval or registration for each medical device. If the product falls within the class one medical device category, notification to the regulatory authority, which we usually call it、uh, the MHLW, is required. By contrast, a sales of class two medical devices requires certification by a third party registration body, and sales of class three and class four medical devices require approval by the MHLW. To obtain approval, the manufacturer and/or the distributor have to prove the efficacy and safety of the medical device. For that purpose, clinical trials are required if the efficacy and safety of the product cannot be verified solely based on non-clinical studies or performance tests. After these procedures are completed, the medical device may be distributed in Japan. So, how long does it take to obtain approval in Japan?、Oh, thanks, Chris.、Uh, this is a good question,、uh, which we are often asked to advise on. I have to say that、uh, historically, it took quite a long time to get an approval for a medical device's product.、Uh, the lengthy approval timeline was a big issue in Japan. However, The MHLW has been trying to shorten the period in recent years, and currently, medical device approvals are granted approximately six months to one year from receipt of the application for approval. Also, the MHLW has introduced an expedited process for especially important and innovative devices, such as the conditional approval system. We will talk about this process in more detail in our next podcast on the Japanese regulatory landscape. Thanks very much, Wabi. That is a nice segue to the next topic I wanted to ask you about. Namely, can you give us a quick overview of the MAH regulatory framework for distribution of medical devices in Japan? Sure, Chris.、Uh, I'll be delighted to pro- provide a brief overview. Uh, first, under the Japanese Pharmaceutical and Medical Devices Act, an entity which manufactures or imports a medical device product and sells the product in Japan、uh, needs to obtain the requisite approval or registration. An entity、uh, which successfully applies for and obtains approval or registration is called a marketing authorization holder. A marketing authorization holder is primarily responsible for distribution of the approved product in Japan. Among other ongoing requirements, a MAH holder is responsible for quality control and post-sale safety management. In order to ensure compliance with these obligations, the MAH holder is required to have robust internal compliance and other systems and human resources. We will be speaking about these requirements in greater detail in our next podcast. Okay, I understand that 
MAH plays a key role in the regulatory framework in Japan. Can you tell us a bit then about the strategies that medical devices firms starting business in Japan would adopt in light of this regulatory framework? Sure. Uh, first, a foreign medical device manufacturer uh, may consider establishing a subsidiary in Japan. Under this strategy, as a subsidiary usually would be the MAH, uh, the subsidiary would enter into distributorship agreements uh, with Japanese distributors. This strategy enables the foreign company uh, to control the whole process of medical device distribution and generate sales revenue in Japan. But this requires significant investment as they will need to establish a Japanese subsidiary uh, which has sufficient personnel and well-organized policies and procedures in place to ensure product quality and safety. Alternatively, uh, the foreign company may find a business partner in Japan instead of establishing its own subsidiary in Japan. Under this strategy, the foreign company would grant a license to its Japanese partner to sell the products in Japan. The foreign company would supply the devices to its partner, and the Japanese partner would be responsible for import and distribution of the devices in Japan. In most cases, the Japanese partner would be the MAH under this strategy. Alternatively, under the Japanese PMD Act, uh, the foreign company itself could be the MAH. Provided that the Japanese entity is appointed as the entity performing the applicable regulatory duties on behalf of the MAH. The appointed local entity in this case is called a Designated Marketing Authorization Holder or DMAH. Uh, we sometimes see instances where foreign companies which wish to hold the marketing authorization. Uh, to use this DMAH framework. Thank you, Wabi, for your overview of the regulatory framework and key entry strategies under the framework. As Ryosuke mentioned earlier, I understand that health insurance coverage is also a key factor for a foreign company establishing a business strategy for Japan. Could you give our audience an overview of the medical devices reimbursement system in Japan? Okay, Chris. Uh, roughly speaking, a reimbursement for medical devices consists of two different pricing frameworks. The first framework uh, provides for the setting of certain reimbursement prices for medical device product groups having identical functions. These products are called Special Designated Treatment Material, or STM products. Uh, for example, implants and disposable uh, device types such as pacemakers and artificial joints uh, fall within this category. By contrast, uh, the second framework uh, provides for reimbursement on either a per product or per procedure basis. For example, reimbursement on a per treatment basis uh, typically applies whenever computerized tomography uh, or CT and or magnetic resonance imaging scanners, uh, which means MRI scanners, or medical devices involving repeated use are used in medical practice. Uh, 
Okay, so it sounds like this is very different from the drug pricing regime under which a new drug price is established when an innovative pharmaceutical product is approved in Japan. So what is the key issue for medical device companies uh, seeking to maximize reimbursement prices when they enter the Japan market? Yes, uh, as your question implies, uh, the reimbursement structure that applies to a specific product has a material impact on the business of the a particular product. Only 10 to 40 new functional categories are approved every year, so that any products which are not able to get approval as a new category will be subject to existing STM product prices. What this means is that uh, anyone seeking to bring a new medical device to market in Japan needs to very carefully assess and identify the factors that may influence the applicable reimbursement price, including whether the device has any therapeutic benefit which might help differentiate it from existing products. In addition, I must stress that a consultation with the regulatory authority, which is the MHLW, at a very early stage is especially important in this context. So how does the National Health Insurance Scheme impact the medical devices company's pricing strategy in Japan? As explained earlier, uh, under the National Health Insurance System, uh, the price which is reimbursed by the NHI is set either on a per-product basis or a per-procedure basis in Japan. Because the amount reimbursed to hospitals uh, which use medical devices is determined by the National Health Insurance System, which system usually reduces prices every two years. The hospitals, of course, want to minimize the cost of procuring medical devices. One of the key strategies to secure a stable and sufficient profit from marketing of medical devices in Japan is to establish a reimbursement strategy that maximizes the reimbursement price in Japan. Thanks very much, Wabi. I'm sure many listeners will be interested in the Japanese regulatory framework and insurance system. We will talk about more about the regulatory framework in upcoming podcast episodes. Lastly, Dosuke, could you possibly share your thoughts on the impact of digital transformation on the medical devices industry in Japan? Sure. Digital transformation is a big issue in the Japanese healthcare industry. A lot of companies are making significant investments in digitalization of various aspects of business. For example, they are developing AI and digital technology to support research, clinical trials, manufacturing, and promotion activities. Some medical devices firms are focusing on development of application software for the prevention or treatment of disease by collaborating with technology companies. This new trend has given rise to a number of new issues, including data privacy and regulatory issues. On a related topic, we recently delivered a Japan podcast episode regarding healthcare apps, which could be interesting for the listeners of this podcast as well. 
Thank you very much, Ryosuke, and also thanks very much to you uh, too, uh, Wabi, for your respective contributions to this second episode on the distinguishing features and industry practices um, in prevailing in the medical devices market in Japan. We hope uh, our listeners have found this uh, podcast episode uh, insightful and informative, and we look forward to future podcast episodes. Thank you. Thank you.